Next on BYU Sports Nation, bienvenido a Miami. BYU football headed to South Beach after a 19-point win over UNLV. Why going bowling this year is way bigger deal than many are making it out to be. ESPN's Trevor Maddich on what 10 consecutive bowls means. And the executive director of the Miami Beach Bowl, Carlos Padilla, live. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Brian Logan. Oh, yeah. BYU Sports Nation on your radio, television, and other media machines presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Monday, November 17th. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Brian Logan. What in the world are you doing? I'm I'm going bowling, man. That's my... (laughs) I can't really. The, 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 it looks weird, folks, because my, the, the desk is in the way, so I can't really get the full extension of you know the bowling iron. But I just rolled. I just bowled a strike right there. Nice. That's what it was. Okay. So that's, well what, that's what it looked like. Talk to my wife about that, Mrs. Logan. And when I beat you in bowling, now nah, I'm just playing. She always beats me. Always, always. Belo, it's official now, dude. It is official. Everybody's calling you B-Lo. Everybody, great. You know, Greg Rebell called me B-Lo on Saturday, and I and I looked at you guys at you know Ben and Spencer and, and David Nixon. And I was like, it's official, man. I'm just gonna own it, dude. B-Lo in the house, in the, his house. I'm gonna do it. B-Lo. It was so cold on Saturday night. It was so cold. I was freezing, man. I saw a couple of tweets were like, BYU football. I can't feel my face. I was my 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 family was like you just you looked horrible like your scarf was all sideways your hat, your beanie they like usually you look good like you you're fat, you have a sense of fashion I was like look I was just trying to stay warm man I didn't care what I look like I didn't care about my <laughs> snot boogers I didn't, hey I didn't even I didn't even want makeup on I was like don't put makeup on me I don't care I'm just trying to make it through just let me make it through. Please. And we did. Poor Devin Mahina came up to the set after the game, after his, his hair still <laughs> wet from being in the shower. He was just like <sighs> shivering. <laughs> like, okay, we can't end this interview soon, fast enough for him to get out of here and we go We almost caught on fire. <laughs> the space heater. <laughs> the space heater. I was like, hey, man, Spencer, we got to wrap. Fire. Stop, <laughs> drop, and roll. Cords were melting. Stop, drop, and roll. It was, yeah. Yep. It, it was exciting. It was a really you, you ready interesting night. ready for round night. two this weekend? <laughs> Get Savannah. Please no more 20-degree temperatures oh, with the wind. Round two, so man. so cold. Here we come. Join our conversation 24-7 using the hashtag BYUSN. Start it off with today's Twitter question, which is this. What is the best thing about BYU going to the Miami Beach Bowl? I can think of about 10 things, but we want to hear from you. First tweet in from at BYUGIF. The best thing about going to the Miami Beach Bowl? Watching the game in shorts instead of snow pants. Nice. Amen. Nice. For me, it's another opportunity to be on TV. <laughs> another countdown to kickoff, you know, post-game show. Oh, man, you know, I get to get on TV and, <laughs> and smile and make it all about me, myself, and I. Yes. Another opportunity. Yes. Yeah. No, I'm messing with you, kind of. <laughs> I was going to say, there's a little bit of truth behind yeah, it. There's probably like yeah, 75% yeah. truth to yeah. that. BYU Sports Nation simulcast and beautiful radio vision on BYU Radio and on BYU TV. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. What's Trending in BYU Sports Nation. Topic one. BYU football going to Miami. Yes. You know, I've been yes. around college football for a long time, and 
I know what six, you know, I think it was, since I was six years old probably, I knew what six wins meant. So that's always a good feeling to know um, that you've won six games and you get to go play in a bowl game postseason. Bronson Kafusi named the FBS Independent Defensive Player of the Week, nearly the Y factor that David Nixon had called Ooh, for. that was pretty close. By 2% Jordan Leslie, me, won. But what a game for Bronson. And they know. They know what six wins means, he said, from the time he was six years old. Yeah, they want to go to a bowl game, and so this is a big deal. They're, they're bowl eligible for a 10th consecutive year after a 19-point win on a miserable night in Provo. So why isn't this a bigger deal for BYU fans, Brian? Why? Oh, you know, it just it just goes back again to, you know, this has been the same thing that we've had over 10 years, the same kind of mediocreness, right, which is, you know, bowl game. And you know, and, and, and this this time is, is, is a little bit more than mediocreness, right? Because exactly. It's, it's more it's, than mediocrity this year. Be, yeah, because of, because of you know, the, the the lack of wins, it's a, the disappointment, things like that. Other other years, it's 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 a little bit more exciting when you have ten ten wins and and some some big wins like Oklahoma, things like that. But still, people, I mean, what would you rather be doing? Picking your nose, wiping boogers on the walls because you're bored outside of your mind, and you're watching some other teams play. You get another opportunity to watch your team play. You get another opportunity to see these seniors. Like Alani, Fua, Craig Bills play their last game. You get another opportunity to see what the future is going to hold with these young guys like Trey Dye, uh, Fred Warner. Man, it's something to be excited for. It, it, it is. It's, it is exciting. And it's hard to do. It's hard to win games. I know you're passionate because we've had two hardened mucus references already on this show. <laughs> My nose is actually running right now. I got, I got some say, tissue right now. Some people say, you're right, another year. Another bowl game. But no, it's not just another season, and it's not just another bowl game. Look, Think about everything that has happened, and now BYU 6-4. and four. Take it from Bronco Mendenhall. I'm really anxious to help them finish strong and, and, and um, play in a postseason game that they deserve and have earned. And uh, there hasn't been anything easy about this year, and I don't expect the finish to be easy, but I do want them to be rewarded for their efforts and what they have accomplished. So take it for what you will. If, if it's not a big deal to you as a fan or just as a supporter of BYU football, it's a really big deal for team members and for Bronco Mendenhall and this entire coaching staff. Hey, Paul Lasique scored three touchdowns. One of his first comments after the game, it was good to see Coach smile. That right there, that, that's, that's exciting right there. I mean, you look at all of the stresses and the pressures that these coaches have been through this year. And to finally see Coach Mendenhall smile. Man, I think the last time I saw him smile was against Texas um, uh, in the, in the postgame interview. And I think that's because the team played just outstanding. Lights out from special teams, defense, offense. Everybody was on one accord. And then not to smile, you know, until eight weeks later. Man, that's got to be refreshing. But look, from a from fans, I was thinking. I was thinking about this earlier. Man, what, how could you get excited about this season and going to a bowl game? Well, look, from a recruiting standpoint, it's absolutely huge for Coach Mendenhall to walk into a a, a potential recruits living room and sit down and look him eye to eye and say, look, you come to BYU, you are, you're going to a bowl game. You're going to four bowl four. games. Four. You're going to four bowl games. You're getting swag each and every time you go there. You're getting some gifts from the school. 
and you're set, and you're setting yourself up because we're playing that bowl game to have all eyes on you. So when it comes to recruiting, it is a big deal. When 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 I went to my recruiting uh, 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 process, uh, my, my recruiting process, yes, yes, yes. Thank you. You're uh, I guess with, with Utah State and, and and Coach Anderson hyped up the NFL. I was like, I'm I'm there. I, 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 I swear to you, man, coming to BYU the next week and the fact that I saw all the swag laid out, the Xboxes and, you know, the gear and the, the tennis shoes, the backpacks, the glasses. The I was trophies. like, man, I, I want to go to a bowl game. Man, I don't, I don't care about the NFL. No, no, not really. But I want to <laughs> go to a bowl game. Man. And and so it, it is it is a big deal for the recruiting. Obviously, we all know. When you when you're building programs and you're trying to win games, it all does start with re, with recruiting. The better recruits you have, the, the the more chances you have, right? The most likely you have to you're, you're going to win more games. And it's going to lead to more and more se- uh, successful seasons, more and more recruits, building your program higher and higher. Just tweeting from at Craig the Randall. The bowl means not throwing in the towel after a season with too many key injuries. This team shows heart and fight. Mm. Don't take it for granted. Right. And I get the impression that a good number of BYU fans do. I know expectations are into the stratosphere. Yes. Okay, rain those back because of what's happened and think about everything, all the it's, emotions. It's, it's in the solar system, man. Uh, it's actually in the uh, outside of the solar system. It's like the gal- it's in the galaxy. It's in the Milky Way. You need to bring those bring those down to the come back down to the clouds. Just don't take this for granted. Managing expectations, by the way, has to be one of the biggest headaches that Bronco Mendenhall goes through. And there's nobody that takes it harder than him. And he makes it a point to tell me that every time we do an interview. You bet he's relieved (laughs) and pleased. And so is his quarterback, Christian Stewart, who was the backup this year. Hey, we're going bowling. We're going bowling. That's all that matters. I mean, we we came out here to get a win. That's what we got. It wasn't the prettiest game ever, but hey, it's cold. We got good fans and we're happy. Do you hear that? Do you hear the joy? And it's yes. It's like it's like a kid waking up on Christmas. Like Santa gave me that bike. Santa got me that bike. Oh my god! And you hear people in the background, woohoo, and fans, and yeah. and most likely it was it was it's probably players because the fans left pretty early. Because and I don't blame you. It was cold. You know, the, the win. It was a, it was a sure win. Uh, it was it was cold. I understand, but. I mean, to hear just the relief and just to, to hear the excitement from those guys, man, it's a big deal. And, and another thing, too, in 2009, when, I, when we went to the Vegas Bowl, there was about 15 scouts and GMs there. So it's, a, it's another opportunity for these guys to showcase their talent. And then, again, from a fan's perspective, the more, the more this program can send guys to the NFL – the more better recruits you're going to have, right? And it's going to build up the the, the 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 program that much more. So, you know, you, you you're having scouts look at you because there's only two three games going on throughout that day or that week, whatever it may be. So, again, another opportunity to to lift your program up. If you don't love Christian Stewart, then you should listen to the stat of the day, and maybe you'll change your opinion. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Thirteen. In his five starts, Christian Stewart has thrown 13 touchdown passes and two interceptions. What more do you want from your second-string quarterback? Wow, mom. Wow, mom. 13 touchdowns, two picks. Okay, so yeah, he's excited to go to a bowl game. 
as are many of his teammates. Imagine not going to a bowl game. David Nixon told us that he was miserable. Miserable. It was it was a lengthy depression when he didn't go to a bowl game in 2003. I mean, what, you're watching 78 yeah. other teams go to a bowl game thinking, I can't believe we are not there. And that lingers over to winter conditioning as well. Ugh. It's like March and you're like, well, I'm running sprints and I didn't, even get, I didn't even get a backpack. So what's the best thing about going to sunglasses? the Miami Beach Bowl for BYU? Let's go to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. At Cougar Nate. Ten bowl games in a row and 75-degree weather in December. Nice. You can't beat that. At nice. Eric Biggert. I almost don't want to read this one. One word, mankini. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were past that whole oh, thing, man. I can't wait. Hey, man, I could, uh, I could give you some some, some, some town lotion. You got you to gotta start working on that tan, man. I am taking my white pants. I got my white pants ready to go. Got to work on that tan, brother. <laughs> 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 At my senegmatary. What it, or my senegmatary? I don't even know mm-hmm. what that means. Mm-hmm. It's Tamara mm-hmm. Evans. Well done, Tamara. Temperatures above freezing. And again, it's it's poetic that BYU clinched on that night. It's yes. so, just my South Beach in December. Who didn't want to go to that game? I do. Please send me Brigham. <laughs> <laughs> Brigham Young Television Sports. I'm going to go. Men's basketball gets a season opening win over Long Beach State 95-90. Kyle Van Noy and Ziggy making plays in the defensive backfield and women's volleyball with the West Coast Conference Championship. More on that coming up. But first, Carlos Padilla, the executive director of the Miami Beach Bowl, joins us live. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Spencer Linton and Brian Logan live from Studio B on this Monday. Follow the show on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. I thought we were going Nation. with Low. Oh, okay. I, 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 thought guess... we, I thought we confirmed it, it. Well, do you want Brian Logan or Low? Let's do Low, man. I'm going to embrace it. I'm going to change my Twitter. I need my wife to do that because I don't know how to, I don't know how to do it. <laughs> but change my Twitter up. Say Low. Change some pictures. I'm, 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 I I'm, guarantee the handle below is taken. I'm, it's going to be taken. Maybe I can I can buy it. Try to purchase it. <laughs> hey man, proposition the person that that hey, got it. First. I'll give you ten bucks of gushers right now. <laughs> BYU <laughs> men's basketball back on BYU TV tomorrow night against Arkansas Little Rock. Little Rock. Uh, hopefully, Jerem is listening and, and appreciating that. But they they are back to work after a season opening win over Long Beach State last Friday, ninety five ninety. Our Twitter question today: What is the best thing about BYU going to the Miami Beach Bowl? Use the hashtag BYUSN at Family Budge says Hawaiian shirt and Bermuda shorts for Spencer. Okay, so now we've had a Mankini, <laughs> Mankini. reference. We've got Bermuda shorts now, okay. and of course I'm taking my white pants. Okay, so that's three outfits, right? You got that's three outfits for you already. Just need a few more. You just need a couple, <laughs> couple more, and we're good. Bring them in. Tweet, tweet a little bit more. What, we need what? Two, three more outfits. <laughs> tweet some more outfits in for Spencer. We need to ask the executive director of the Miami Beach Bowl, Carlos Padilla, what he thinks the best thing about BYU going to the Miami Beach Bowl is, and he joins us live from Miami, Carlos. Why BYU, and why is it a good fit for the Cougars to be in South Beach? Hey, guys. How you guys doing? Fantastic. Doing good. All right. Good talking to you guys. Hey, Brian, should I go by CeeLo if you're going by BeeLo? Yes. Yes, CeeLo. <laughs> CeeLo, I love it. Let's do I'm it. I'm keeping my Twitter handle intact, though. I promise you that. <laughs> you, could just, you could change the display name, right? I think that's what I have to do, just change the display name. Can you do that? I don't know. There you go. There you go. No, guys, I appreciate you guys having me on today, um, uh, first off, but you know, why BYU? You know, I've said this a few times, and, and I'll say it again. You know, BYU for us is just a natural fit. We're a brand-new bowl game. 
Um, you know, education, the first year is always the most important. You know, people don't know who we are. So BYU being a national brand, you guys are now going to your 10th straight bowl game. You know, for us to be able to tap into you guys and, and, and offer you what everything that this market has to offer, and, you know, that's a total win-win relationship from the way that we look at it here. You know, you, you guys have over 140,000 um, LDS members just in the state of Florida. I mean, that's, wow. that's great recognition. I couldn't purchase that with any amount of cash that I have. That's just a, a, a large number of exposure, a lot of exposure for, for the Miami Beach Bowl. It's a no-brainer for us. And, uh, you know, you guys actually you match up really well with a lot of the teams in the American Athletic Conference as well. So, you know, it's just a no-brainer from, a, from game day, uh, matching you up with an American Athletic Conference team. We think it will be a fantastic game. Um, we think that BYU is a great brand to tie ourselves to so we can get nationwide recognition. And, and uh, you know, honestly, after spending the weekend in Provo, you guys are just a great group of guys to hang with. So that's a, that's a selfish level uh, personal note that uh, <laughs> works for me as well. Oh, fantastic. Let's talk about your Provo experience. You hop on a plane from Miami Saturday morning, get to Provo, watch the game. It's a frigid night. You've got to get back on a plane on Sunday morning and go back to South Beach. How was the 24 hours or so that uh, you spent in Utah? Well, I spent 17 hours 17. in the air, but I can tell you that when I landed, I mean, it is absolutely beautiful out there. I don't know what took me so long to, to come out there, but like I said on Saturday, you don't have to twist my arm. I'm, anytime you guys want me back, I will be there, but it's absolutely beautiful. You know, I mean, coming from the state of Florida, I was Florida I'm a Florida boy born and raised. You know, it's a very flat state. Um, you know, we have the beaches is, is, is kind of, you know, what we lean on here. But, you know, landing in, in Salt Lake and making that 45-minute drive to Provo was just absolutely beautiful. You know, if it wasn't so dangerous to take pictures while driving, I probably would have done that. You know, it's just uh, absolutely gorgeous. You know, I pulled into the hotel and I, I got cleaned up and headed over to the stadium. Just the backdrop of what you guys have there at that stadium is just absolutely beautiful. And just the energy of the fans and, uh, you know, the hospitality was great. You know, I've, I've, had, I've been very fortunate in my career to travel around to different stadiums across the country and, and, and visit with the fans and visit with the administrators and staff. And I can tell you that everybody there was top-notch, uh, classy, everybody from the fans, the parking attendant, um, the people at, you know, at the gate that let me in with the credential. I mean, just very, very great experience from soup to nuts and uh, had a blast. You know, I went into the locker room after the game and, and sat there with, you know, with the team and Bronco and just everybody was fantastic. It was a great experience. Carlos Padilla, executive director of the Miami Beach Bowl on BYU Sports Nation. Let's, uh, you, you bring up the matchup. BYU matched up with an American conference team. And uh, there are a few options out there. Some, some pieces still have to fall into place, obviously. But thinking about the prospect of BYU-Cincinnati or BYU-East Carolina, perhaps BYU-Memphis, like the, the matchup looks like a really good one for the inaugural year of the Bowl. It does. It does. You know, I mean, uh, there's one thing that, you know, we try not to get into too much in the, in the bowl business, and that's trying to predict who's going to end up in the game. And I mean, just like you can sit back as a fan and listen, at the end of the day, I'm a college football fan as big as anybody. Um, you know, you try to kind of see and you, you look at it and say, okay, who would be a good fit? You know, who, who possibly, um, you know, could be playing in the game this year. Try not to get too much into the, the prediction of who it will be. But we do at the same time try to map it out and see, uh, from a logistics standpoint, you know, which conversations do you want to start having early on? And, and there's some great, you know, great teams in the American Athletic Conference and a lot of parity at the top there. I mean, if you look, you know, at the conference in the top half, I mean, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of teams within one win of each other. So, um, you know, East Carolina's a great team, a high-powered offense. Um, you know, they're really, really entertaining to watch. I think that would be a great matchup for you guys. Um, you know, you look at Cincinnati and what Tommy Tuberville has been able to do in a very short amount of time there, um, you know, that would be a, a great matchup as well. And, you know, you look at it from the, 
the uh, the ground level here in Miami. I mean, you know, Cincinnati travels pretty well. It's pretty cold, just like you guys, you know, that time of year yeah. um, up there. So, you know, they're, they're attractive as well. Memphis, you know, it's the same thing. I mean, it's remarkable what they've done at Memphis in that turnaround. I believe their last game that they played in from a bowl game standpoint was in 2008, and that was actually my first year um, in St. Petersburg with the Beefo Brady's Bowl. So all three of them, I believe, would match up really well with you guys. Um, you know, right now it's kind of at the point where we just sit back and relax and try to enjoy the show, and uh, we'll see what happens comes December 6th on Bowl Selection Sunday. I am going to root for East Carolina right now. I'm the, I'm the <laughs> biggest fan. I want that matchup. That, that's, that is most intriguing for me. Carlos, we talked a little bit on set uh, on Countdown to Kickoff about the gifts, and just for the fans that, that weren't able to, to hear uh, what you guys have in store for these, for these players – Please, please, I'm huge with swag and the, and the bowl game gifts. Please just give them a little bit of a taste of what these guys can expect uh, by, w- w- when they arrive in, in Miami. Sure, sure. Yeah, you know, we, one of the things we do, and I don't think people realize, like when it comes to gifts, we purchase a lot of gifts for, for the teams. But it's not just for the team specifically. You know, the, uh, the coaches and the coaches' wives will receive gifts. You know, they'll be waiting for them in the room when they get to their hotel rooms. Nice. And even some of the, uh, the kids – from the athletic administrators and the staffs there at, at both universities will receive gifts as well. But in regards to the team gifts, I mean, we, we always like to think of those as being the, you know, the coolest gifts. You know, this year we're looking at doing a, an Oakley backpack uh, for the players, a really nice, trendy um, backpack that, you know, we, we kind of got some feedback from a bunch of different vendors on what's, what's popular right now with, with, uh, with student-athletes across the country. And this one style of bag that, that we purchased for the players seems to be a pretty hot item, so we hope they'll be excited about that. We're also going to do some sunglasses for the players. You know, listen, it's, it's going to be bright and sunny down here when you guys come, so That's right. you know, we, need, we need something so your eyes can kind of rest easy a little <laughs> bit when you're here. You know, it's, uh, we're trying to take care of you in that regard. We're also going to do a visor. Uh, for the guys to wear whenever they're in town. And then, uh, you know, in addition to that, we're trying to figure out our electronic gift item right now. You know, we're potential of maybe doing a GoPro or okay. some noise-canceling yes. headphones, something along those lines. So still in the process on that, on that side of it a little bit. And, then, you know, we'll be passing out beach towels with the bowl logo on it for everybody to take back home. So uh, it'll be a nice little setup for, for the entire week. We'll have the whole thing set up and ready for the guys when they, get in, when they get in town here. Talking with Carlos Padilla, the executive director of the inaugural Miami Beach Bowl a uh, fantastic experience from what we can tell uh, lined up for the Cougars as they head down to South Beach to take on a team from the American Athletic Conference 34 days away. You can get all of the information on the website, MiamiBeachBowl.com. Is there anywhere else that uh, fans need to go to get the 411 on the Miami Beach Bowl, Carlos? You know what? I mean, you can pretty much all the information you need you're going to be able to find on the website. And, and if, as you kind of dig into the website a little bit, you can – you can find some links to the Marlins Park website. That'll give you guys a little more uh, direction on where to park on game day. Um, and, and, you know, certain lots are set up for tailgating. There's a lot of parking garages that Marlins Park uses, so obviously you can't do the tailgating in there. So, you know, if you're a fan looking to come to the game, I would certainly go to the Marlins Park website. But, again, you can access that through our website. Uh, there's also a hotels page with our partner hotels um, on the website, which has a direct link right to those hotels, so you can go ahead and book your room. So, um, we, you know, we try to have a pretty robust website, so we can give you all the information we need. But uh, certainly, you can you can find a uh, majority of it right there on the website. Carlos, can the fans find out what time, when, and where the beach party is going <laughs> to take place? <laughs> sure, yes, that's on the website as well. Um, you know, right there at the top of the website, you'll see different links to everything, and and one of them is bowl game events, and it has. The entire list and the whole slew of events that are going on in Bull Week, which ones are open to the public, which ones require a, um, a ticket for purchase, and then which ones are, are exclusive. 
um, to the teams only. So you should be able to get on there, find everything you need, and uh, come join the team. I mean, we, we want the fans to come in town every single day. I believe you guys are going to arrive on uh, that Thursday the 18th or possibly even coming on Wednesday the 17th and the game obviously being on Monday. I mean, the more fans that come, the longer they stay, I promise you, the more fun they'll have. So we, we encourage everybody to do that. Yeah, I heard that uh, Jerem was going to be uh, the DJ. For that party. <laughs> hey, you know what? Let's throw him up there. We'll give him a shot. Spencer will be in his white pants. We'll have Jeremy up there doing the ones and twos. It'll, uh, it'll be a good time. That's right. <laughs> I can spin it like no other. <laughs> hey, listen, I, I heard you talking about you know wearing Bermudas. You're not getting out of those white pants. I, won't <laughs> do that. I told you that on Saturday. Okay. Hey, the white pants are, are a regular fix in my wardrobe. That's for the man. party, man. You guys whip that one out for the party. I wear them in Utah in November and December. Let's talk about Marlins Park. BYU playing in a baseball stadium for the second straight year. They played at AT&T Park in San Francisco last year in the fight Hunger Bowl. Now they have the opportunity to go to Marlins Park, which is from the pictures. I've never been there, but it just looks spectacular. Tell us about the dimensions and the dynamic of playing at Marlins Park. Sure. Marlins Park, I tell you, you know, we're very fortunate to have our offices actually here in the park. Uh, We work here on a daily basis, so we literally look at ourselves as an extension of the Marlins uh, Marlins staff here, you know, which is a very good thing. I mean, these guys and the operations staff here and Claude Delorme and his entire team um, here at Marlins Park are fantastic, and, and, and we're very, again, once again, very fortunate for that. So it's a beautiful stadium. It's LEED certified, three years old, retractable roof. Obviously, we expect the roof to be open nice. um, on game day. And, and as you're sitting in the stands and you get more towards the upper part of that first level and you look out over what would be center field if it's configured for baseball, there's actually a huge, large three-story window that – that opens up and looks down into the uh, the skyline of downtown Miami. Oh, Just a beautiful, beautiful nice. view. Brings in a wonderful breeze uh, for game day. And again, we're anticipating in that 75 degree um, weather range there on game day, so it should be very nice for the fans. And as far as its configuration, so if you look at it like a baseball stadium, obviously, which it is, you know, home plate to third base is basically one end zone, and then right field being uh, the other end zone. You know, the, the, we don't have to put both teams on the same sides like you guys experienced in San Francisco. Oh, nice. Uh, each team is going to have their own side. And, uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of times when people think about a football game in a baseball stadium, what they don't understand and what they, what they really have a hard time grasping until they come on game day is that it's much different than a football stadium, uh, you know, in the seat configuration side of it. So if you're sitting in the third deck at a football stadium, at many football stadiums, you are far away from the field and you are very high. Right. This baseball stadium is much different. It seats around 35,000 for baseball. You know, it's, it's about half the size of, of what an average uh, football stadium is. So when you're sitting in the third deck, you're not that far away from the field. I mean, these, these, these sections and these levels are actually stacked on top of each other. They don't go backwards away from the field. So if you're sitting in that third level, even the second level, you're right on top of the field. It's a great configuration, a very intimate setting, and a beautiful ballpark. Carlos, we're looking forward to the Miami Beach Bowl very much. Fans can get all the information, again, at the MiamiBeachBowl.com. We appreciate the time today. Uh, we'll get our stuff ready. Brian's still trying to work his way down to Miami. I'm get there, man, in some way. Ben said he had, he had a suitcase for me. I'm only 5'6", Carlos. I can make it. I can make it, man. Hey, hey, just, as long as you can squeeze in the overhead, you're good. That's right. I can do it, man. I, I'm, I think I, I think I, I'm already losing a lot of weight. I think I can lose about 10 more pounds before I get there. I'll be hey, good to we'll, go. We'll send you back with some swag so you have to lose a little bit more when you get here. There right, you go. right. Carlos, great to talk to you, man. See you in December. Thanks, guys. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, we talk a little bit more BYU men's basketball. Reset some of the trending topics, including another West Coast Conference title for BYU Athletics. 
Why is nobody yeah. talking about women's volleyball? I don't know, but I'm, I'm, legit, I'm, I'm excited for the, the, the backpack, man. That was a diaper bag for me for a while. The Oakley one? ESPN's <laughs> Trevor Maddich up next. What does 10 bowl games in a row really mean? And now, back to more BYU Sports Nation. The show rolls on on a Monday. Welcome back. Spencer Linton and Brian Logan in Radio Vision on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Download the show podcast on iTunes or subscribe to the RSS feed on BYUSportsNation.com. Brian, I know you were watching hoops last Friday night. Yes, yes, I was. You should watch some more on Tuesday night when BYU hosts Arkansas Little Rock. I'm actually going to be on the sidelines, on the, uh, the bench, um, calling some plays, giving some guys some pickle juice, some Gatorade. You're talking about your church basketball game, right? Yep, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I should say Arkansas Little Rock how Jaron would want me to say it. Arkansas Little Rock. <laughs> Build it up, right? That's right. Joining BYU Sports Nation right now, friend of the program, former BYU national champion, and the man is the reason why we call Mondays, Maddich Mondays, ESPN's Trevor Maddich. Trevor, welcome to the show. How you doing, man? I'm doing great, Spencer. Hey, Logan, how you guys doing? I'm doing good, doing good. You know, we're, we're going to a bowl game, so very excited, and uh, especially going to a warm bowl game, even though I'm not going to be there. Uh, but the guys are still going to be there, so happy that it's in Miami. Yeah, that's probably where, where J- Jerem is right now. I don't know where he told you he went, but I think he's scouting locations right now on South Beach. So, that's right. And that's right, that's that, you know, we used to go to the Holiday Bowl on Mission Beach in San Diego every week, or excuse me, every every year, uh, and it was nice to leave the snows of Provo and literally be on the beach in San Diego in Miami Beach. That that's that's a pretty good place to go for a bowl game, considering that they have bowl play, bowl games in cold places like Boise, Idaho, Detroit, Michigan, and even up in Canada. So you know that that's a pretty good uh, pretty good reward. It seems almost poetic that BYU, on a night that was just frigid in Provo against UNLV, would clinch their spot at South Beach in the Miami Beach Bowl. Now, some funny things were said after the game, particularly from Paul Lasique, running back, and Mitch Matthews. Mitch, true to his form, said, oh, this wasn't that cold. But for Paul, who's from New Zealand, he was like, man, I was freezing. Why do you think the two had such different opinions? <laughs> well, look, okay, to start with, for a receiver to say that is like a kicker saying that, okay? <laughs> Mitch Matthews, I mean, great guy. He caught six balls, probably stepped out of bounds on some of them. When you're a running back, every time you touch the ball, five guys are pounding you. Then you're slammed into that ice-cold, hard ground. Then you're picking up blitzes, you're blocking, there's contact left and right. It's a different experience on a frigid day for a running back than a receiver. I love Mitch Matthews, but Mitch... Come on, man. You are you are in a pampered position compared to a running back. <laughs> so Real talk. True. Real talk with Trevor Maddich. Okay, let's talk about 10 straight bowl games. In in an age of nearly 40 bowl games across Division One college football, you got over 60% of the teams that qualify. But Bronco Mendenhall has taken his team to 10 consecutive bowl games. Even in their down years, they're going to bowl games. How much credit should he get for doing that for the BYU football program? You know what? Coaches, especially around the country, are amazed at what Broncos have been able to do with that because they know how hard it is to put together a string like that. I mean, you have good years, and most coaches do, but most coaches also have down years. I mean, the most consecutive bowl games I believe Alabama's ever gone to is 11. 
Nobody in the Pac-12 Pac has ever gone to 10 in a row or more, except for Oregon. BYU has done it. So I think coaches especially who have the long-term view and who understand the forces outside of their control that they have to coach through in order to get a team bowl eligible every year. I think, I think it's, it's an amazing feat. And I think Bronco and his staff should get tremendous credit. Trevor, how much more impressive is it for this team to make it to a bowl game with all of the injuries to Taysom Hill, Jamal Williams, a couple other guys, you know, like seniors like uh, Craig Bills, Lonnie Fuad that's been in and out. How much more of a success is it to make it to a bowl game with those injuries? Well, that's another thing I think the coaches are also pretty much amazed at because every coach, most coaches, have had teams where one, one huge star has carried them. And when that guy gets hurt, to keep it together and to still have a successful season is very difficult. And it's not just Taysom that got hurt, because, Logan, you mentioned the other guys that got hurt, the defensive stars, right. you know, all kinds of problems that happened. And yet here BYU is with six wins. They have a chance to get eight and then a ninth. And so that's important. It's also important for the program, because when you go to a bowl game, now you get those extra 15 practices and all the extra meetings. So you can continue to develop your young talent in what amounts to an, an extra spring practice. And that's one of the reasons that Bronco has been able to sustain success. He's been able to have those bowl practices every year, so he gets a head start on spring practice and the, the season to come. Trevor Maddich of ESPN on BYU Sports Nation for another Maddich Monday. Trevor, I want to go a little bit more in-depth from a national perspective on what people think about Bronco Mendenhall and, and why he would be a desirable coaching option to fill some what look like pretty high-profile vacancies that will be available after this season. Well, it's because of what he's had to overcome to be a coach at BYU on a good day. BYU is a, a job that most coaches aren't qualified for. It takes a unique set of qualifications uh, in order to even be considered as an applicant. But then to be good enough to be there, it's a, it's a tiny pool, a, a minuscule pool of coaches that could do it. Um, and so then you look at what you have to do once you finally do get that job. And you've got to deal first and foremost with missions. Coaches will always complain, opposing coaches, that BYU has players that are older, more mature, they've been on missions, you've got 21-year-old freshmen sometimes, things like that. And then you ask those same coaches, if they would want the same kind of thing at their program, and they will jump out of their shoes to say no, because they also understand what Bronco knows, that it creates tremendous disruption in the continuity position for position and in recruiting, because you'll sign guys and send them off on a mission and expect them to come back in two years ready to play football, so you'll recruit around that. And let's say you've got several you know, offensive tackles coming back. So you devote extra recruiting positions to other positions, assuming that two years from now those guys will come back and play offensive tackle. Well, what if those guys don't want to play anymore when they get back? Or what if when they get back they've grown soft and they've lost the fire? That happens. Some guys come back from their mission and they're ready to roll. Other guys, they don't want to play football anymore, and there's no way to predict it. And so just the pure disruption in, the, in recruiting and filling out a roster and making sure all of your positions are balanced is helped by a mission, sure, because of the maturity, but it's also hurt by the missions because of not knowing who will come back and be ready to play. And other coaches look at Bronco, and they're astonished by it. Now, to go directly to your question, the 
um, other schools will look at Bronco and look at the success that he's had at BYU, even though he's had to deal with ups and downs in, in recruiting and filling out his roster, and he succeeded anyway. And they'll realize that without that particular obstacle at their school, he should be even better. And I think Bronco would be a, uh, a great choice for anybody in the nation to consider for their coaching job, in part because of that. You know, Trevor, you you made a great point. I've been saying that since 2009 when I first got here. I mean, I was a, a 1.2 star guy coming out of junior college, and just the, the his the way he ran his program and and how much success I had. I really sat back and thought to myself, wow, if, if Bronco Mendenhall was at a UCLA, a USC, where he was getting some real good talent, you know, five-star guys that are six-foot-three, you know, playing corner instead of a five-six guy, you know, wh- how, how much, uh, you know, can he really do? Get, how much can he really get accomplished, you know, national championships, things like that? Do you really see Coach Mendenhall at another school? Uh, kind of compared to like a Nick Saban uh, or a Les Miles in, in terms of that national recognition, uh, preparing his teams to play for a national championship every single year? Well, he, I think, could, could be there if he got to a conference. It's harder, I think, for BYU in some ways uh, to win a national championship not being in a conference because the, the metric of conference champion is an important benefit of the doubt advantage as the committee considers which teams to put in that third and fourth spot. And if you don't have a conference championship game, if you can't win your conference, you lose the benefit of the doubt from that standpoint. But, you know, I think BYU, though, with Bronco, if they can find somebody, if he ever does decide to leave, you know, because it's a four-team playoff now instead of two teams in the BCS, uh, there's still a, a better chance for them to at least get into that pool. But, you know, you, you, you have to do it with a sledgehammer and not with a – uh, rock hammer because you can't ease your way in if you don't have that conference championship game to help you. Bronco at another school would be a fantastic coach, but if I'm BYU, I do everything I can to keep him uh, because he has been he has been exactly exactly what that program wants. So keep in mind the first pro priority of BYU in general is to be an ambassador for the church. It's to represent the university and the church in a way that would make you proud. And Bronco has done that. His program has done that. The fact that he's added wins and the competitiveness and 10 consecutive bowl games and all those different things, uh, those are important. But to do it with the representation is what the difficult thing is. And if if I'm any other school, I want a guy like Bronco representing me the way he's represented BYU. If I'm BYU, I do everything I can to keep him. Bronco Mendenhall has made it uh, no secret that he feels like BYU has enough national brand and marketability to be in a Power 5 conference, specifically the Big 12. Let's look at the Big 12 right now. They're kind of in a tough spot when they're looking at the college football playoff. I don't see them having a team in there, T.C. or Baylor, with Alabama, Florida State, Oregon, and Mississippi State. Is the best-case scenario for BYU, the Big 12, not getting into the college football playoff, Trevor? Actually, yeah, that, that is a good one, because right now the Big 12 does not have incentive to expand. They're dividing their television money and all the other rights money among 10 teams. The Pac-12, it's among 12 teams, and then you've got the ACC, SEC, et cetera, among 14 teams. So financially, the Big 12 is, is making out. They're, they're getting rich, and they like it. But ultimately, the first time they lose the benefit of the doubt and have a conference champion that otherwise might have 
made the, the playoff not make it in favor of somebody else with a similar resume but that played a conference championship game, that's when I think the Big 12 will have the incentive to, to expand. And so for BYU fans, I mean, I don't wish ill on the Big 12 at all, but for BYU fans, if it turns out that way, for those who want to make it into the Big 12, that's the best possibility for the Big 12 to want to make that jump. Do you see that scenario playing out this year with the, with the current situation, or maybe do you see that happening two, three years down the road? Well, this year it's looking like it may well, uh, and part of the reason is what's happening up above them. Right now, if you look at the poll, you know, Mississippi State lost. Uh, so you're looking right now at a probable top four that will include Florida State, Alabama, Oregon, and then either TCU or Ohio State. The, uh, but once we get the metrics of conference champion plugged in, then all of a sudden Ohio State will have, I think, another advantage. And that advantage yeah. is that they'll be playing a conference champion Wisconsin team that looks spectacularly uh, impressive in crushing Nebraska. And that will be an extra opportunity to impress the voters that the Big 12 won't have. And if it comes down to Ohio State and either TCU or Baylor, if everything else looks relatively equal to the committee, like let's say it's Baylor. Yeah, Ohio State lost to, to uh, Virginia Tech, but it was in week two with a freshman quarterback filling in for their Heisman candidate uh, quarterback who was injured. Does that make sense to BYU fans? What happens when that happens? Yeah. You know, not Christian Stewart's not a freshman, but yes. JT Barrett was a freshman, right? So if it comes down to that, then the committee might say, look, Ohio State had that 13th game, and if they beat Wisconsin and beat them bad, then, then you might have the Big 12 get bounced out. So because of all that, I think it is a fairly good likelihood that the Big 12 will come down to having their champion in competition for that fourth spot, and they could well get bounced possibly, most likely, by Ohio State. ESPN college football analyst and expert Trevor Maddich on BYU Sports Nation. Follow him on Twitter, at T. Maddich. Trevor, who is your top four? Who are your top four right now? Right now, my top four are Alabama at one, Oregon at two, number three, Ohio State, and number four, Baylor. So you have a Big 12 team Wait, no, in your top four. No, no, I check, check, check that. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm looking at these things here. I've got uh, Alabama, Oregon, Ohio State. Uh, number four, I'm sorry, is Florida State. Florida State. Florida I had State. Florida State at number seven last year, last week. I've got them at number number four now. After surviving nice. Miami. Okay, yes. and, and before we go, Trevor, I, I, you said something last year that we loved, and it's gone down in infamy in BYU Sports Nation. You said, don't sleep on Idaho State. BYU has Savannah State this week. Can you please just say, don't sleep on Savannah State? Don't sleep on Savannah State. <laughs> can they just, can they just skip, skip Savannah State? Can they just watch Cal film for this week? <laughs> Listen, Cal is second in the Pac-12 only to Oregon in scoring. Cal is, is you know, a, a win over Cal would be a quality win for BYU. But Savannah State, you know, bless their hearts, <laughs> they, they, you know, they've played 11 games, and you've got to give them credit for being consistent. They've lost them all. And they are a team that, uh, well, it'll be good for BYU to get extra work in for some of their young guys, 
let some of their veterans get some rest before Cal, and I'll tell you, they'll need it on defense because uh, the secondary will be chasing Cal Bears all over creation once that passing <laughs> offense gets cranked up. So Savannah State, bless their hearts. You know, it's just they're there for a reason, and they'll serve that purpose, and I hope they have fun and enjoy the scenery of Provo. <laughs> <laughs> Trevor, great stuff. Thanks so much. All right, guys. Don't sleep on Savannah State, the worst team in FCS. Hey, what's the best thing about BYU going to the Miami Beach Bowl? Use the hashtag BYUSN. Up next, Tyler Hawes on BYU basketball season opening win. 95 points for the Cougars. How close is he to Jimmer? BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Spencer Linton and Brian Logan in Radio Vision. You can catch Brian tomorrow breaking it down on After Further Review, 9 Eastern, excuse me, 8 Eastern, 6 Mountain. Whatever you want. It's up to you. <laughs> <laughs> What's the best thing about BYU going to the Miami Beach Bowl? Use the hashtag BYUSN. BYU basketball scored 95 points in a mm. five-point win over Long Beach State to open their season. Tyler Haas had 21 points, which means he's 21 closer to passing Jim. On his way to making BYU basketball history, Tyler Haas is... Chasing Jimmer on BYU Sports Nation. 635 to go for Tyler Haas to become the all-time leading scorer in BYU basketball history. Tyler was named to the college basketball wooden top 50. The man who is truly one with himself, Tyler Haas, with Jerem Jordan after Friday's win. Okay, Tyler, 1-0. Your uh, initial thoughts after the first game of the season. Gosh, we're just happy with a W. Uh, that's our main goal going into every game is just to win. And I thought our guys shared the ball really well. I mean, we scored 95 points. 90 is a lot to give up, though. Uh, there's some things we got to definitely address on the defensive end. And hopefully we'll get back in the gym tomorrow and get better. Um, but I, I'm, I'm happy with uh, the win tonight. You talked a lot in the offseason about wanting to play better defense. I know 90 is a big number. But what did you guys do in terms of effort to try and be better that you'll work on? Uh, just trying to do the little things. Uh, we're trying to all be on the same same page defensively, uh, be in the right spots to help each other, uh, and then you know pick, picking guys up full court. Just c- trying to put the pressure on them instead of being being on our heels. Uh, so we're going to get better at it. Is there something to a first game that's different than others? It is. I mean, it, it, you have to kind of get the jitters out a little bit. Uh, the first few minutes are kind of always a little weird. Uh, but each each game is brings on its own personality, and you got to just adjust. And that was, that's a really good team that that fought all the way to the end. They never gave up, and so uh, you know we're going to enjoy this one tonight. Zero free throws in the first half for you. I believe five in the second half. Uh, make it six. What did you do in the second half to be more aggressive? Uh, kind of just going down the stretch I tried to be more aggressive once I saw that we were in the bonus uh, I tried to my mentality kind of switch and tried to just go right at him and try and try to get a few foul calls. Skyler Halford goes 18.7 assists uh, for Kyle Collinsworth as a backup point how well did he perform? Uh, He played awesome no Sky's a gamer Uh, he doesn't back down to to anyone and um, he's a team guy he loves to win and so I you know, he did a great job tonight. There seems to be something tonight that I haven't noticed the last couple of years, which is kind of a wingman for you. Chase Fisher, another guy that's spotting up shooting threes. What did you think of his per- first performance as a cooker? It was awesome. No, it was fun having him out there. Uh, he definitely talks a big game in the <laughs> locker room, uh, but he backed it up tonight, and he's, 
he's just a fierce competitor, and you love, you love having guys on your team like that, and he's going to be fun to play with this year. It's a new team, a new game. What kind of differences did you notice with this team in the first game? Uh, they're just an exciting group to, to play with. I mean, uh, there's, there's obviously lots, lots of things we can get better at, but, you know, this is a team that, that competes and doesn't give up. I mean, that game, there were lots of ups and downs, but these guys just keep fighting, and uh, they're fun to play with. Congratulations on the win. Thanks, John. Appreciate it. Tyler Hawes, 21 points and a win over Long Beach State, 95-90. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, say no to Belo. What's that all about? (laughs) You better believe that tweet came in. This is BYU Sports Nation. (laughs) BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Welcome back. Spencer Linton and Brian Logan about to wrap things up, and we'll do it starting with this. From at Cold Pizza 26. He changed his username to say no to Belo. <laughs> In the tweet, he says, I'm not a fan of the Belo name change. I like Brian Logan. For the record, I changed my display name for you. Nice. I, I like it, man. Let's start let's start the campaigning right now. Say no to Belo. Say yes to Belo or no to Belo. <laughs> the change or not to change. That is the question. Kyle Van Noy doing work for the Detroit Lions had a tackle for loss yesterday. So Kyle! they're implementing him into the defense. Ziggy Ansah. He's still a beast. They lost, but that Lions defense is real. Women's soccer at BYU, great season. Horrible first-round draw. Lost in 10-degree weather at Colorado, 2 to nothing. Still think it's malarkey that as the West Coast Conference champs, they had to go on the road and play a good Pac-12 team. Future guests, Jeff Judkins and Blaine Fowler. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most, DexterLaw.com. And it goes to the BYU women's volleyball team, West Coast Conference champions. Champions! Woo! That's two in three years. Shout out to Sean Olmstead and all the we ladies for getting are it the done. Champions. Thanks to our guests, Trevor Maddich, Tyler Haas, and Carlos Padilla from the Miami Beach Bowl. And everyone on our crew, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. The show on demand on BYUSportsNation.com and on BYUTV.org slash BYUSN. For the fabulous Brian Logan. I am Spencer Linton. Shout out to Josh Arnold. Radio Vision continues tomorrow.